Welcome back, everyone, to the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search hashtag Where the Bear, click subscribe, and you are in there. And a lot of you know, some of you don't know, but now you know. Uh, there's this, there's events that we have going on around Oakland basketball, and and it's. My big, big pleasure to welcome in a very special guest as we honor the 15-year anniversary of that 2005 NCAA tournament team. You know him. You see him around the arena. All you got to do is look up. That number one is hanging from the rafters. Raul Marshall joining us here on the Wear the Bear podcast. And Raul, just very thankful of you carving out some time. And how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, Neil. You know, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, your voice rings bell throughout this uh, <laughs> arena. And, uh, man, you've been doing a great job. And uh, I'm I'm glad for you to have me today. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. That's very kind words of you. But, Raul, uh, again, we're here to honor the 2005 NCAA tournament team, and there's a whole bunch of angles I want to get into. I opened this up to Twitter, uh, Twitter questions as well. So we're just going to jump right into it, man, and get going on it. And I guess the number one question that's on everybody's mind when they look back at that 2005 tournament team, when did you guys know that you could pull this off and, and get to the NCAA tournament? Well, to quite frankly, to tell you honestly, I, I didn't I, – look, I didn't think we can do it. It was so many obstacles in front of us. Um, you know, we had a couple of great teams in the in the um, league at the time, Oral Roberts. They were really thriving. Um, had other teams that was coming up, Chicago State, you know, Southern Utah. Um, it was It was a very difficult – difficult year um that year um we started off 0 and 10 so you know at times throughout the season I lost confidence and you know as you know me making it to the NBA and me being recruited and being looked at um I knew that okay for me to achieve my biggest goal which is to make it to the NBA you got to win and if I can't win at this level I'm like okay why would an NBA team want me so man, to be able to go down to um to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Oral Roberts' backyard, and to be able to pull that out, that was monumental. But um, that last we we went into that tournament with a little momentum. We won our last, I think, two three games, and and I gotta give Coach credit. I gotta give Coach a lot of credit. Coach Campy a lot of credit. Um, he he set us a game plan. And you know he said we're gonna slow the slow the ball down, slow the slow the um slow the pace of the game down, and we was able to play great defense. You know, thanks to my teammates, I I had some really good teammates. They came to play during that uh during that week of tournament, and as we kept building up momentum after we won the first game, I'm like, oh my gosh, we can do this, and so that kind of spread throughout the the whole team and. We was so together. We came together um, all, of course, for that common goal. And for us to be able to, like I said, pull that off, it it felt like my biggest purpose in life, you know. And um, to to go into the tournament with a losing record and be able to, you know, win that conference tournament, then win a game in in the uh in March Madness, which was that playing game. Alabama and M, yeah. Um well going into that game, we are oh, we gonna win this game. We all knew because we we did something special and we knew if we keep playing, 
the way we did, we was going to win this game. But, you know, uh, then we seen we was going to play North Carolina. And we like, hey, y'all, we could beat them too. <laughs> and it's like reality kicked in real quick after the first, you know, uh, after the first two, three minutes. <laughs> so we, we played a great team in North Carolina. I believe they had five four, guys. Four of the first 12 picks in the NBA draft that y year. Yes, and that was one of the most dominant college teams I've ever seen. And Since, too. I mean, that is one of the great college basketball teams of all time. Mm -hmm. But you guys uh, were the first the great college basketball team, you know, in terms of getting to the NCAA tournament here at Oakland. Raw Marshall's our guest on the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're talking 2005 NCAA tournament team. Uh, make sure you subscribe, hashtag Where the Bear on iTunes and SoundCloud. I'll have another one of these uh, I got lined up with Courtney Scott, so he'll be able to tell his side of the story mm -hmm. too, Raw. So keep that in mind mm -hmm. as well, that he'll, he'll have some words on this as too. But, you know, as as you look at that team and, and what you guys were able to accomplish, and I'll get into it in just a couple minutes, what that meant for the university, uh, kind of my story uh, with it too, because it's something you said that you have heard a lot. You know, you go back through uh, that roster that you had, Courtney Scott, a longtime pro as well, Brandon Cassisi, great shooter. I mean, you guys had some players. I know, and you talked about the fact you guys started 0-10, you, you wound up 13-19. and 19. That record was a little deceiving with that roster you guys had. Oh, yeah, we – we had some good pieces, but we couldn't put it together. And that was, you know, because of us. Um, some of us was, was, was hesitant to, you know, trust each other. And especially when you start off 0-10, it ain't no more trust. It's like, okay, yeah. I, I got to get mine. I got to make myself look good. So we lost ourself. And, and for us to be able to, you know, hit the reset button, and like I said, we, we won a couple games down the stretch and we hit the reset button and we've had, we had a couple of conversations like, come on, guys, like we're better than this. And like you said, some of those guys without them, um, we wasn't going to be able to we wasn't going to be able to achieve that goal. Brandon Cassese, he hit big shot after big shot. I could I could uh, honestly sit here and say. He could have been the MVP of that team because he will come in whether he started or come off the bench and hit big shots. Um, Demarcus Ishmael, his defense, just tremendous. I mean, our last, I don't know, 10, 15 games, our defensive rating was great. And, you know, uh, that was my specialty, defense. Um, I knew that's that what was going to ultimately uh, make me a pro but then you have Pierre Dukes and his leadership and you know that shot heard around around the world, the world. Um, that he is very special to me because that year he was thinking of quitting and and me and a couple guys got to him like Pierre we can't do this without you and you know he came back and he's he's such a professional and if you know him to this day He's such a great person that that we couldn't do it without him. You know, you always hear the cliche, it's a team effort, and it was exactly that. And um, even with – we had a couple of uh, other guys, David Carson coming off the bench, giving us some minutes. Uh, David Ritzma, you know, the big 6'10", he'll give us some uh, uh, rebounds and some blocks. But we had another freshman um, from Marshall – from Marshall, Michigan, um, McCloskey. McCloskey. He. Big it, Patrick. It was me. It was me, Courtney, and Pat. 
that we dominated the boards. And Pat was such a tough kid. Um, it was unbelievable. A freshman that we could lean on him for, okay, if me, me and Courtney isn't fighting for the rebound, we know Pat got it. So talk about a total team effort. Um, like just, just, just thinking about that team. You see, put well, it's it's put funny. A big I'm, smile yeah, on I'm, my I'm face. looking at you right now, and and like I, I see the energy going mm -hmm. to you right now. I see the smile on your face. Like you're putting yourself back there right mm -hmm. now as to what happened, and and that's why this the story of this team. That's why I love telling the story of this team because there's so many facets of this, Rawl. I mean, there, there's putting Oakland on the map nationally. There's putting the basketball program on the map nationally, the impact it had for students coming to Oakland. Enrollment goes up. I mean, all that stuff. Do you do, Were you guys thinking of it? You guys weren't thinking any of this at the time, right? You roll the balls out, let's, let's beat who's in front of us, Man, right? Man, we didn't even know nothing about <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, as, as, as young kids, you know, I'm 22 at the time. We just – we just want to win, and we didn't understand the magnitude that it was going to have going forward. And, you know, I told you something earlier. If I had a dime for every time a, a, a former player, a, a student, a teacher, a fan said, man, um, watching you guys, um, it did so much for me um, because of seeing you all make the tournament, I wanted to come to Oakland. And, and I – Sometimes to this day, I, I it's still I can't wrap my mind around man. So I was the reason somebody came to Oakland. Raw, I've I've told Campy the story. I've talked about it on the radio show, on broadcast. I'm telling you, man, I I lived in the area and I was going to go to Eastern or Oakland. I couldn't really afford to go away, and I wanted to do sports media. I knew that, and because you guys went to the NCAA tournament, because you guys won, I came to Oakland. I said that they win. I mean, they they. They win and they go to the ultimate in college basketball. They go to the NCAA tournament. That I didn't look into journalism programs or anything. I didn't care about any of that. They went to the NCAA tournament, man. I want to be a part of that. That's mm -hmm. I want that college experience of teams that go to March Madness and plan it. And I'll, I'll look you right in the eye and tell you right now, because of what you did made me go to Oakland. Because of what you did, it opened the doors for me to be able to do what I want to do, just me personally, and and like you talked about, there's hundreds of other people that you've talked about too. I mean, mm -hmm. I've had the, I've had the good luck to call NBA games. You helped get me to the NBA. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's what you did, Raul. That that's what that team did. That that whole team, and it's incredible. Man, um, extremely humbling. Um, but you know, for me to be able to open the doors, for me to be able to put Oakland on the map, um, it it's man, it's it's humbling, but um. Throughout throughout my my four years here at Oakland, and we will go on the road and play some teams, and say we're out going to the store or something, a restaurant, and they'll be like, "Okay, uh, where are y'all?" No, they'll be like, uh, "Okay, what school are you?" Oakland in California, <laughs> and I've heard that time and time again, and I'll be like, "No, we in Michigan," and when we made the tournament. It was no longer I had to answer that question. Right. And, you know, I'm extremely grateful for that. Absolutely. Raul Marshall joining us here on the Wear the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search hashtag Wear the Bear. Click subscribe, and you are in there. Raul Marshall, our guest here, the first ever NBAer uh, from Oakland University, which we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes. But, Raul, I opened this up to Twitter. You know, the fans, mm -hmm. they want to talk to you, man. I got a couple of questions here uh, for you on Twitter, so let's knock those down. Then we'll get into to your path a little bit and the doors that open for you. Okay. Uh, 
while, but Chris Druin tweets at us and says, Raw, the mid-con tourney, was, the run was unexpected. What was the best game of that run? UMKC, you know, Chicago State, ORU, and why? And, and I think I know which way you'll go with that. Oh, it's, it's definitely ORU. Um, like I said earlier, we, we were in their backyard. It was played in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the venue, this, this high school gym was so beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about big. It was bigger than our yeah, arena. 8,000, 9,000 folks. Yeah. It's, it's bigger than a lot of other um, right. big-time arenas. So that right there, the chips was down. Um, you know, we playing against the crowd and to some degree playing against the refs. Um, you know, I I can remember looking at the game um, – couple years later and I'm like they called that so you know that comes with the territory but to you know an athlete would always tell you uh the best win is on the road because you get to silence that crowd um they knew they was going to win it I mean you can't blame them they had the play of the year in Caleb Green they had a great guard Ken Tut I've played against both of them overseas um, in the pro, yeah, in the pros. You saw them later on. <laughs> I mean, Caleb was a beast. I mean, as a freshman as, and as a sophomore, I believe he won he won um, the player of the year both years. I mean, as a freshman, double-double. Like, he was so dominant. And for us to come out and win that game, and I remember the game plan uh, for that game, and Coach said, Raw, you have to guard a, a Caleb Green. I'm like, Coach. He's 6'8". He outweighed me by 50 pounds. And I said, Coach, how? He was like, I know you'll figure it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, so I did. I held, him, I held him to his worst game of, of, of that, that year. And, you know, um, my guys helped me. You know, I would front him, front him constantly. I know Courtney had my back. And, you know, for us to be able to – uh, first of all, slow the game down because they average 80 points easily. For us to be able to slow the game down, and actually they had another player that ended up playing in, in the NBA. Um, the the three-man who guarded me a lot, he had a stint in the NBA. I can't think of his name right now, but I remember seeing him in the NBA. Um, so they had they had a really good team, and they were rolling. Um, we lost to them both times during the regular season, and I knew I knew this was going to be one of the hardest challenges of my career, and even for the team, because we knew we knew that team was really good, and for us to be able to beat them beat them by one, that was that was really gratifying. Raw Marshall joining us here on the Wear the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Talking 2005 NCAA tournament team, the 15-year anniversary of that team. So it's great to catch up with Raul, who's always around, uh, regardless. And you know, Raul, we were we were talking about that and the stage that it's set for you and what you what you did personally. But before I get into that, I, I have to know the shot, Pierre Duke's shot. Mm-hmm. Take us through that play. Everyone in the gym knows you're going to get the ball. Everyone in the gym knows you're going to shoot the shot. You're the, you know, you're you're the face of it. You're the guy averaging 20 per game, but you didn't shoot the shot. Mm-hmm. Take well, us through. Well, I wanted to shoot the shot, <laughs> you know, and and of course it was set up to okay, let's wind the shot clock down, then raw go get it, make something happen. That was usually most of our plays, and 
So I get the ball, uh, I'm dribbling down the left wing, and I see the double coming a mile away. So I said, okay, Raw, get right there, get another step in, and shoot it. And he came so fast that I, I had to pick my dribble up, and I was so mad at myself for doing that. But now you're out of rhythm, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm out of rhythm, but the they left they left Pierre wide open in that corner. And and that was the guy that came to double was Pierre, man. And one thing I'll tell you about Pierre, he has the 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 he's just a, a, a big time player. He's real clutch. Um he never backs down from the moment. And it was an easy pass. And I remember Pierre doing an interview, and he was like, you know, um, that's why I love Raw so much. Everybody knew who the, the ball was going to. Everybody knew who the the who was going to shoot it. And for him to pass it, you know, that just speaks of, of, of who I am. So I, I gave it to him, and it's like I knew it was going in. He He was open. Um, we've been waiting on a moment like this. This was our moment. And for him to to, to uh, hit that shot, he was running out of court, and, and I really jumped on him. I jumped on him, and um, I remember coming back the next day, and they, they're interviewing me and the team. And I said, um, I said, Michael Jordan used to be my favorite player. It's now Pierre Dukes. <laughs> and, 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 every, and everybody laughed. So, um Man, uh, he 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 did his job. He um he came through big for me and 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 for the team. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you go back on it, and certainly you're not thinking about it at the time uh, that the play is going on. But if you go back on it, look, certainly you guys go to the NCAA tournament. You play in the playing game against uh, Alabama A&M. You win that game. You play very well in that game. Personally, you did. There's the moment that's uh, in the hallway here. You know, of, of you guys and you know it gave you that national stage of the playing game. And I know that, you know, you had played in, in summer camps and, and things like that. And, and you were on the NBA radar. I mean, this, this didn't just come out of, out of anywhere, but that was the signature moment. When you go back and look at guys that are in the NBA, more often than not, they have that signature moment that mm -hmm. happened in college. You guys played well again on that national stage. And that really – well, that really cemented you as as a as a viable professional player, didn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And and you see it like you said, you see it a lot. March Madness, that's that gives you your credit. If if you're able to to you know, I mean, win a couple games and and you do great, it it gives you that staple. Um, that means okay, the pressure ain't big, the moment ain't big, and and it just it really solidifies you. Um, I've seen it over the last how many years now. Um, when when I could remember Dame, Steph, and a lot of other guys, um, C.J. McCollum, um, they played so great in the tournament. It's like, oh yeah, he's oh yeah, he's a pro. He he'll probably be lottery now. Yeah. And um, that really, like I said, it put me on the map. Um, going into my senior year. I played in the I played in the Nike All American camp and this is this is uh usually the the top I forgot how many, forty, fifty college athletes. 
and you know they have us do battle against each other and that's when I kind of got on the radar and it was like okay and and my agent my agent had told me raw um that that conference tournament game they want to see if you can handle that pressure and once you once you show that you can do that it was just a matter of now where you're going to go and so definitely um march madness not only puts uh uh schools and universities on the map it puts players on the map yeah absolutely and certainly you know again going back to it just a huge moment uh, for the university so Raul your your professional days you make it to the NBA you played in the NBA for two years a couple of different franchises certainly you had your moments in the league as well and and I always like to ask this question when I when I talk to to Keto or I talk to Kay Felder or other guys that have that have made the NBA what was going through that first time you stepped on the floor in the association what what was going through your mind oh nervous nervous <laughs> afraid scared um, all those things before leading up to the game. But, you know, as an athlete, once that ball gets going, all of that goes away. But, man, to to watch the game, the NBA, for so long growing up and, and for me to finally be there. And I tell kids all the time, like, this didn't just happen. Uh, my dreams haunted me. I would – here at Oakland, I used to wake up so much in the middle of the night, 1, 2 o'clock, dreaming that I'm in the NBA game, I'm shooting, that it made me get up at 1, 2 o'clock and go to an outside gym or or go to a park somewhere and, and shoot. And that's why I like to tell a lot of kids, your dreams will come true. If, it, if you keep dreaming about it, this is some dreams is something you're doing unconsciously. And if you can see yourself doing it, it will happen. And that's why I like to tell um, a, lot of, a, a lot of kids these days because you never know what can happen. But, of course, you got you to gotta put in the work. But um, being in the NBA, um, it was my dream come true. And even if it was, if it was just for two years, um, that's something that I always could, could go back and experience go back through my experiences like, wow, um, I was competing against the best. For two years of my life, I was considered one out of 350. I was considered the best in the world. I might have been 350, but I I was totally fine with that. And um, I like to tell a story of my first encounter with Kobe. And I remember, I remember when we when we played Dallas, um, I didn't suit up for those games because, you know, it's 15 guys, 12 mm-hmm. out to 15 dress. So in Dallas, I didn't get to play. But in Indiana, my next year, um, I got to play against him. And, um, and so I knew I was dressing that game. And I couldn't sleep because I knew I had to guard him. And when I tell you, well, you know he's coming to take your lunch, man. Like, he's he's a killer out there. Man, Kobe is what us pros like to call a shark. <laughs> he doesn't even have to smell blood. What you in the water, you're mine. And he, 
he is such a dominating player. He wants to dominate you. And now I remember, now I remember I'm guarding him, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Kobe, just don't embarrass me, okay? And I remember uh, one of the first possessions I guarded him, did his patented uh, pump fake jab. He missed, and they got the offensive rebound. All I hear him saying is, hey, right back. And, of course, they give it right back to him. He does the same move, jab, shot fake, good. And he was like, okay, that's more like it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, now, next play, next play, he puts me in the post. And, oh, patent and fade away, good. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Switch, somebody, please, because. You're begging for help here. It, huh? it doesn't take much. One shot. Two shots in a row, you know he coming in. That's something now with his uh, unfortunate passing. Um, that's something that that stands out in my memory um, um, so much. And, and, you know, I have those two pictures of him hitting a jumper against me and him um, posting me up. And they didn't show the fadeaway, but, of course, he made it. And um, – just you know my thoughts prayers go out to his family the, the ones that that has uh was on that on that helicopter with him so that in a nutshell is is one of my um experiences in the NBA and and even the NBA was so hard because everybody is good and everybody used to be a 20 25 point scorer and Especially the guard spot where you're, you're trying to play guard. Because I, I talked with Kay Felder about this, and he's like, yeah, you know, the last road trip, we, we had James Harden, and then the next night we had to go to OKC, and then it was Russell Westbrook. That was back-to-back -back nights, Raul. That was with, you know, that was within 28 hours of each other. Yes, every every game is a challenge and how you stop this guy and how you stop that. Well, I should rephrase it. It ain't no stopping right. certain guys. It's just trying to contain them and try to – hold them to under their scoring average. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the that's the coaches in the NBA say, let's just try to get him under his average. Well, he averages 30 and he scores 25. That's still not a bad game. But, you know, um, like, like you said, every game is a challenge. Every game is somebody. And even if it's not the superstar, you got stars. Then you got – you got the role players. The role players that were kill. stars in college. <laughs> and, and and in one night they might have thirty. So it is very challenging, but to compete against the the best of the best, that that was extremely um great for me. As we record this in the Elliott room over your shoulder, there's a picture of Kendrick Nunn wearing wearing the Oakland jersey mm -hmm. up there. You know, I, I, I know that you guys had a chance to interact a lot when when you were around the team and stuff mm -hmm. like that. When did you know? That, that Kendrick was capable of, of doing what he's doing? Well, of course, I knew immediately. And um, he told me, he came up to me, he was like, uh, you know, I want to wear your number and I'm going to represent it. And I was like, well, I know you're a Chicago kid, so I know you hungry. And I could remember um, coming to a game and he, you know, you got to uh, pull up in this little, you got to pass their apartments to, yeah. to pull up in the uh, to arena. And I seen him walking, and I'm like, Kendrick, get in. And, you know, I had a talk with him, and I say, okay, you're the next one. I was like, um, you're amazing. Keep going. Um, 
everything you've been working on because he's a hard worker everything you've been doing keep doing it just try to at times you know involve your teammates um be a be a great teammate i'm like the hardest thing is for for a dominant player is trying to get your teammates to to see what you're seeing and to think how you're thinking so you know uh your big problem is going to have to be is going to be talking to the guys and that's something I struggled with is you know talking you got to constantly keep that communication on the court because I said when you get to the NBA they talk so much because that's all you can do because it's so impossible to guard somebody <laughs> you have to be in spots and if you're not uh, constantly rotating and communicating that you know there um there there'll be problems but I knew right off the bat um, he was going to be great. And, and what he's doing, oh, my gosh, is just awesome. So um, kudos to him. Um, he's going to have a long, a long career. And, you know, I'm following him every step of the way. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm have to get in, a, get in touch with him and make sure he uh, – he comes up here and, you know, I pick his brain on certain things and, you know, I'll bring him around some of some of the uh, kids that I interact with. And, and speaking of that, uh, Raul and Raul Marshall, I guess, here on the Where the Bear podcast, as we look back at the 2005 NCAA tournament team, your life has kind of come full circle, hasn't it? I mean, you know, you and I were talking before we went on the air and you said, look, you know, when I was younger, I, I, not all the times I made the best decisions and those types of things. And here you are now. Uh, you came from that to the NBA to being a father and now you're a teacher in, in, in the Pontiac schools and, and you work with the emotionally impaired kids and those types of things. I mean, your your life has come full circle, hasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I told you earlier it, it was times here at Oakland where where I probably was supposed to be kicked out because of my behavior. Um, at times I, I took a lot of things for granted and – and now, uh, especially having, I have three boys, um, they have taught me so much. They have taught me how to be patient, how to listen, how to um, how to uh, tend to their needs at times because, because when, when they're good, I'm good. And now, now um, dealing, with, dealing with some troublesome kids now and being able to talk to them and, you know, each kid, um, needs their needs is different and some kids just need to to be spoken to um, and and you have to relate to them and once kids know that you can relate to them um, they'll do anything the for wall you. comes down they'll, yeah. they'll do anything for you their their guard comes down like you said and now you'll be able to get through to them and here at Oakland, I had somebody like that in, in Glenn McIntosh, you know, the vice president. He constantly spoke to me. He constantly gave me confidence. And, you know, um, at times I was lacking that. Um, even though I, I was a good basketball player, you know, at times on the court, I lack confidence because when you lose and lose and lose, it eats away at you. And even with the kids I deal with, you know, they're losing in other ways. They're not getting sometimes the proper instruction um, at home. And and a lot of times we got to look at it's not the kids' fault. You know, kids want discipline. 
And that's something when I look back at my life that I wanted discipline. I was just asking for it in another way. And um, for me to be able to, to, to give back to these kids and, and doing what I'm doing, um, it's just, it, it comes full circle. And I know that's my purpose. Like I know I could get through to, to, to the, the kids that are, have been thrown away. Well, Raw, I certainly do appreciate you carving out some time to come in here. And just like that, man, we talked a half hour. Like, I, 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 could, talk, I could talk to you forever, man. Yeah. Really, Real talk, I could. But I know just for me personally, I do want to say thank you for the doors that you opened. You know, you don't know this, but, you know, the doors that you opened for me, uh, Keto, Kendrick, Kay, everybody that's affiliated with the program, I mean, what you've done for the university, all that stuff. Again, you you don't know the impact that you had, but but you certainly have had that. And you talked about a lot of stuff you got from Oakland. You know, you've done a lot for Oakland too. So that's uh that's been a pretty valuable relationship on both sides, my friend. Man, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me. Uh, man, I we could talk for another thirty oh, minutes. Oh, we, uh, we 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 could talk for hours. Real real quick though, before I let you go, like I said, I have one of these lined up with Courtney Courtney Scott coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest lie he's gonna tell? <laughs> uh, set man, the record straight right now you know what you know what i love courtney dearly um i couldn't have done this without him he, he means so much to me because you know that one two punch um i couldn't have done it without right. him and so i I don't have nothing bad to say about that man. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get together every now and again and chop it up. But I love that guy. He ain't gonna tell no lies. He ain't gonna tell <laughs> he knows no the lies. Truth. He ain't gonna tell no lies. But <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this: it was a one-two punch. You could have put him at one. You could have put me at two. You could put me at one. Him at two. Like we really. We really helped each other out. He dominated that paint. I controlled the perimeter. So, um, and it's so funny. We were the same. We both transferred uh, to Iowa. He transferred from Iowa. I transferred from Ball State. We were in talks during that during that time. But it started. We played AAU together, and. I remember going to Vegas with him, and, and we, we bonded there. And, man, for, for us to have have gotten together here at Oakland, I knew something special was going to happen. But at first you couldn't see it. But um, we had a great run together. I love that man dearly. Um, he, he has always helped me out tremendously. Um so he he ain't gonna tell no lies. <laughs> I hope I hope not. I hope <laughs> I'll, not. Hey, I'll get back to you, Raw. I'll get back to you. Remember, <laughs> this is the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search hashtag Where the Bear. Click subscribe, and you are in there. Anything else you want to touch on, Raw? I mean, we, you know, we've run through it all here. Uh, Appreciate no, your that, time, that, brother. That's, that sound like that's that, it's a wrap. It's yeah, a wrap. It, it's, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's all right, Raw. Well, you've always been a friend of the program, man. Anything we've ever wanted. You know, you you've ran to, and uh, anything I've ever wanted, you've been there for me, and uh, I certainly do appreciate that, my friend. And, and continue, you know, continue doing what you're doing in the community, man. That's, I've always said, the the mark of your life 
is the impact that you make, and, and you're certainly making an impact, continue to make an impact. So I, appreciate, I appreciate that, Neil. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. For Raw Marshall, the first ever nba -er from the Oakland Golden Grizzlies, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.